today is Sunday, November 26, 2017, and it's been a year since I filed for divorce and I'm still going through the process, although it's been sped up lately and I think um, it's actually going to take place. Right now, Mike is completing um, a full discovery request. My attorney strongly recommended um, that we send him a full discovery request because um, he has a lot of assets and um, we need to know what those are as we go to, to divide community property. The whole point of my recording this audio diary was so that as I'm driving um, in traffic, which seems to be quite often, I could spend this time reflecting on what went wrong in my marriage and current issues I face and what a divorce is like. Um, I've had several friends tell me that they're thinking about getting a divorce and maybe at some point I will... Um, point them in the direction of this audio blog, but I don't know. This is an intensely personal um, endeavor, and I don't know if I want everybody to know all of the nitty-gritty details of what I've gone through with Mike and with my family, but at any rate, this is my opportunity to reflect on things that were wrong in my marriage and... Um, hopefully identifying mistakes that I won't make again. One thing that came into my mind yesterday that I think is sort of indicative of things that were wrong in my marriage was Mike often chose to interpret things that I did uh, in a negative way, even when there was no negativity intended. And an example is shortly after we moved into our new big house, it was in Round Rock. It was an enormous place, like, I don't know, 3,700 square feet or more and five bedroom and um, big, beautiful house. Uh, We had plenty of money. We were not in debt. We were doing well. And I decided to put in a raised flower bed in the front yard. Uh, The kids were small. My son was probably four or five, and Tori was maybe seven or eight. Uh, They were pretty young. But I wanted to make a raised flower bed in the front yard where we could work together and plant flowers and have a bird bath and some potted plants. And it wasn't a very big area. There were two trees in our front yard. And so I hired a couple of bricklayers to come in and make this raised flower bed configuration. It was kind of shaped like a kidney bean in the front yard. And um, wasn't very big, but enough to put, you know, a couple rose bushes and some little plants and flowers and, and such. And so... I hired these guys and I had it done. It it was a few hundred dollars. It it was not that expensive and I was so proud of it. It was, it was a really cool thing. And the kids and I, um, planted, um, 
some little flowers that would pop up every spring and we'd get excited about seeing about seeing them and I had some rose bushes in there and other plants anyway after it was all put together and some flowers were in it we were standing in the front yard me and the two kids and Mike and um I was admiring it and Mike said well now are you happy now that you've done this to impress the neighbors and I said what he said well you know you just did this to impress the neighbors and I said no Mike (laughs) I did not do this to impress the neighbors what you know what are you talking about and it really um, hurt my feelings when he said that Um, it had nothing to do it had nothing to do with impressing the neighbors. I I wanted a, a little flower bed where I could work with my two small children and, you know, put my hands in the soil and plant flowers. And that he would interpret that as somehow me wanting to keep up with the Joneses or interpret that in a way that I'm trying to impress the neighbors. It's just, it's ridiculous completely ridiculous. It never even occurred to me what the neighbors would even think about my flower bed. I didn't care. But he was constantly saying things like that, where he would interpret actions of mine as um, somehow for other reasons, other than what they just ostensibly were. You know, it's and, and looking back, those kinds of interpretations articulated out loud in front of our children really colored their um, impression of me. I, I know this to be true. This is my truth and my reality. And, you know, he was doing that all the time. And then put that on top of the good cop, bad cop scenario that we had going on you know, oh, mom wants you to stop riding your bike and come in and take a bath and get and go to bed. And, oh, mom says you can't go till your homework's done or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, it was, it was such a lopsided, it was such a lopsided situation to me. I, I was always put in the role of the heavy. I was always put in the role of the disciplinarian and the one that ended the fun. And it's still that way to today, which is so ridiculous because I'm, I'm, I go out a lot and I do have fun and I enjoy partying and being silly and, and doing things that the kids like to do. But, um, somehow I got painted as that person who's the, the, the boring drab disciplinarian, the one that demands good grades and demands that kids go to bed on time. And, you know, Mike was the, the one on their side, the good cop. And you put, put years of that into effect along with these bizarre interpretations of what I would do. And he did that a lot. I wish I could come up with some other examples, but I will. I'll, I'll be thinking about it. Um, 
the kids have, I think, a skewed perception of, of who I am because that's very hard to overcome. And then, you know, their dad, they always have seen as a person with the most power in this family. And mostly that's because of, you know, his salary and his earning. And Mike was never shy about blowing his own horn about his big job and his money. You know, and I've told the story many times before about, you know, he refused to do housework and refused to um, help with the dishes because he earned so much money. And he would say that. He would say, well, I earned $800 today. Why should I help with the dishes? So ridiculous. Towards the end of our marriage, he did more housework, but that's just because um, some of it I refused to do. I refused to stop picking up after him. I refused to stop cleaning his bedroom. And, you know, on Sundays, Sundays were always a big cleaning day because we would wash all of our sheets and we would pick things up and get the house straightened up and ready for Monday morning. And um, I stopped kind of cleaning his areas. And so he had to, he had to pick up the slack, but for years it was um, a point of contention. And as, as I've said before, the good cop, bad cop scenario, um, I witnessed with him and his brothers and their mother, you know, we would go back there for holidays and stuff and it was always, you know, fear of their mother and, um, it was always all of the boys, the three of them and their dad against the mom. I, I witnessed it firsthand many times and I always thought it was very odd. Um, but I think that these things over time, um, helped with the erosion of our relationship. But the good news is we had a decent Thanksgiving, um, it, it went fine, um, as smooth as possible under the current circumstances. Um, I went over to Mike's early on Thanksgiving morning and, and both of my kids were there and, um, I just started baking right away. I made chocolate chip cookies, which I make often. The kids love them. And I made pecan bars because Tori loves those. I made mashed potatoes, some fresh green beans, uh, cranberry relish. I had some snacks and uh, Mike fried an enormous turkey, <clears throat> a ridiculously large turkey, a turkey that four people could never eat in a week, but it was a 30 pound turkey which I thought was kind of over the top, but whatever. Um, he fried a turkey and he and the kids did it outside. And <clears throat> I would have liked to have spent more one-on-one -on -one time with Tori, our daughter, but she was doing her own thing. Unfortunately, she's um, under a lot of pressure and stress with um, her classes. She had a lot of chemistry homework. Texas A&M is a, an extremely competitive school. It's hard it's hard. She is struggling and she is an excellent student. I don't think she's ever earned a B. She's a straight A student and she's very hard on herself. Uh, but she spent a, a good part of Thanksgiving day, um, doing homework. Now, whether that was to avoid, um, being around me or being around me and her dad, I don't know, but, um, the, the, 
Thanksgiving went fine. She and her brother helped make the stuffing, and um, I set the table very nicely. I actually decorated it with a little pine cone turkey that Tori made when she was three years old uh, that I've kept all these years. And we, we sat down, and we had a meal together, and um, I had to get on my son a few times about... Uh, inappropriate language and topics at the table but you know I think he's a typical 15 year old but we had a nice um, we had a nice late lunch and then we all worked together to clean the kitchen and kind of hung out and just lounged around Um, I watched uh, a little bit of TV I watched um, Saturday Night Live as I rested on the sofa uh, it was recorded and um, hung out. I read the paper, um, went outside for a while. It was beautiful weather. And uh, I called my mom a couple times and talked to her. And um, so it was it was decent. I stayed until pretty late in the evening before I headed out. And unfortunately, on Friday, Tori did not want to hang out with me. She just wanted to be with her friends. She... Uh, went to breakfast with some kids she went to high school with and then she went to lunch with some girls from her small group and she's just spent a lot of time with her friends this weekend and I'm right now it's 8 30 a.m and I'm driving over to Mike's to uh, see the kids and have breakfast with Tori before she heads back to College Station where she lives and speaking of that I don't know how well that's going for her. You know, I know the first semester is really the hardest, but uh, she's not getting along well with her roommate. And I think it's a combination of personality conflicts. Um, Tori says that she and her roommate have not spoken in more than three weeks. I mean, literally not spoken, not even uttered uh, a syllable. Tori says that... um, her roommate's really weird and very negative and extremely loud and not very respectful of their space. And Tori wanted to have um, a friend uh, come see the dorm room. And this was one of Tori's friends named Becca, who's a former teacher at her high school and also one of her small group leaders. So this is a woman who Tori has a very long history with. And, uh, this woman is also an alum of Texas A&M and she came to visit Tori. She was there for, for a conference or something and wanted to see Tori's dorm room and Tori's roommate told Tori no, that she couldn't have this person over. And I thought, well, that's really weird. You know, like Tori pays to be in that dorm room and uh, can have visitors if she chooses. I, I think that Tori probably keeps a lot of what's happening with the roommate uh, from me. She doesn't enlighten me because um, I'm a very action-oriented person, uh, probably to a fault. If I think something is wrong or something needs solving, um, I do it. And so if this girl is being abusive to her or not fair or just a jerk, she probably knows that I would take action. And I probably would. I don't know what I would do, but I need to let my daughter handle her own situations and fight her own battles. She's almost 19. And, um, but I've always been very defensive of her and, um, 
just in, in the spirit of being helpful and trying to make things better for her, you know, be in her corner. Um, some other situations that are going on. Um, I recently flew back to St. Louis, which is my hometown. Uh, I, I went in October for the wedding of one of my very dear friends that I've known, I've been close with since the fourth grade. She got married for the third time. And um, I really like her new husband. He's a sweetheart, very kind. Anyway, I went and I visited my mother, which is always kind of a depressing uh, situation because my mother lives in a very, not a very nice neighborhood. It's, um, you know, in Belleville, Illinois, where drug use is rampant and um, it's a very depressed, economically depressed area. And uh, my sister has been living uh, with my mother. My sister is 12 years younger than me, so I don't know. I'm, I'm 47. My sister is uh, 12 years younger than me, so whatever that makes her. But my sister's been in and out of my mom's house for years, and my sister is a terrible drug addict. She is addicted to heroin and has been on and off heroin for years, and it's really taken its toll on her and the family and my sister's health. And it's, it's been a huge burden on the family. I can't even begin to talk about the burden that it's been. But when I was back in October, uh, I saw my sister and she said, I've been clean for several months. And I said, wow, my God, that's fantastic. And she really acted like she was clean. She, um, was bright eyed and she looked good and she had put on some weight and she was dressed cute and she was real with it. And we actually sat down and had a nice conversation. And, um, I had, she and I got our picture together and I posted it on my Facebook and, and, um, I enjoyed being with her uh, for the first time in a very long time. And because we've had a very rocky relationship because I have very low tolerance for um, drug addicts like her. But anyway, uh, we had a nice visit and I was very excited for my sister. And I, I hugged her and told her I loved her. And I said, please stay clean. Please, you know, get your life back. And she said she was going to. She said she was going to get back with her children and <clears throat> get her life together. And, uh, she's a stripper at, um, a strip club in St. Louis. And that's not a good environment for her because I mean, for a whole bunch of reasons, that's not a good, uh, environment, but not the least of which is the rampant, uh, drug use and abuse in the clubs. So anyway, um, the other day I got a phone call from my mom and she said that Suzanne and her boyfriend, her boyfriend who had just gotten out of prison, uh, ripped off my mom and were missing. They were disappeared, which of course immediately points to the fact that they're using. So my mom told me that, um, on November 13, a whole bunch of money went missing from my mom's bank account, over $600. And somehow they got my mom's um, debit card or credit card and got money. And which I, we still don't know how they did it because the card never left my mother's possession. 
but then my mom went upstairs um, to the bedroom where she's letting my sister and her boyfriend stay and there were she found needles uh, up there so we know for sure that she's using again and um, so then my sister disappeared well then just a couple days ago my sister and her boyfriend showed up at my mom's house and they were my mom described as extremely inebriated just completely whacked out on drugs and my sister's daughter Zoe who also lives with my mother this is my mother's granddaughter uh, Zoe told them to leave she said you can't stay she told them to get out um, which is pretty remarkable to think that that poor 18 year old girl has to tell her own mother to leave but anyway my mom stepped in and said that my sister and her boyfriend were too inebriated to drive that they were too messed up so she told them to come into the house and she told them go to bed get get to bed so my mom said they went to bed upstairs and they slept the entire night and half of the next day and then they my mom and Zoe told them to leave this is the story I'm getting but my mom said she told them to leave that they could not stay there um, and so that's where we are with that that's a very very sad situation and one that I may have to step in and deal with at some point but I talked to my mom on the phone yesterday and I've never heard her say this before she said I think your sister's gonna die I think this time I think this is it I think she's gonna die this time and I said well mom why do you think that And she said well she can't weigh, your sister can't weigh 100 pounds. She's lost so much weight. She's just gaunt and skin and bones. She said, I don't even think she weighs 100 pounds. And her eyes are all black and her teeth are black. And um, her face is all drawn. And she looks, my mom said she looks really frightening. And I've seen my sister like that before. A couple years ago when I went back one summer, I saw my sister... Uh, and I was shocked. I was shocked. Uh, drugs have a terrible, horrible effect on your physical body that's visible to everyone. And anyway, my mom said, I think she's really going to die this time. And she said, I, she said, I'm just, I, I'm just going to accept it. There's nothing I can do. And I've never heard my mom say that before. I've never heard her so resolved to accepting what's happening to my sister you know my mom's always been I've got to fix it I've got to fix it I'm trying to find a way to fix it but this time she was like this is it my mom said I don't think I don't think she's gonna make it this time and I said well mom maybe everybody's better off then maybe Suzanne is better off my sister is better off um her kids are better off. We're all, you know, she's ripping people off. She's hurting them. She's just a drain on society. Uh, it's just gross. And um, I, I can't make any room in my life anymore for my sister. Every time I take her back into my life, um, it turns out like this. I have hope. 
and I think, okay, this is it. This is it. She's going to turn her life around. She's going to do the right thing. And then this happens over and over again. She gets clean and she's back and she gets clean and she gets back and she steals from people that are around her. I just don't want to know someone like that. I don't, I don't want to know people like that. I feel like I, I have worked really hard to get out of where I came from. I've come a long way. And um, I, I, I don't want to know people like that. I don't want any, anything like that in my life. I'm working very hard. I've gotten my kids away from that. And I've kept them pretty much sequestered from people like that in my family. And uh, I'm working hard trying to have a nice house and a nice life and good people in my life, good friends, a good job. I've got to stay away from that. I don't, I can't put enough distance between myself and that. So anyway, that's the big update. Mike has 30 days to complete the discovery that he's not very happy about. And that we should be coming up on that in a couple of weeks. And, um, Maybe we can get this divorce wrapped up. My goal for 2017 was to get a new job and to complete my divorce, and I'm close. I've got the new job. The divorce is right there, right there. It's within my reach, and um, I want this to happen. I know that Mike and I will never be together again, that our divorce is coming, our marriage is over. Um, he's not... He's not the one for me. And uh, I made a mistake. I made a mistake in marrying him. That was a mistake. Even my mother yesterday on the phone uh, said, well, get it over with. And she said, find someone else. Find someone better. She said, do better next time. (laughs) I said, I will, Mom. I will. She said, who was that guy that you dated for a while? He, he was the city manager and he was in that band. I said, oh, yeah. That was Tim. I remember him. Yeah, he was a musician. You know, my whole family was shocked when I married someone who was not a musician. That was probably a, a, a big mistake. You know, music is a huge part of my life. And it's a hobby. And it's a way of life. And uh, Mike is definitely not a musician and anyway that's just one tiny thing and I I don't mean to make a big thing of that but it it is a big deal that I think when you marry somebody you've got to make sure that you've got some some long-lasting commonalities and if the Lisa today could go back and tell the Lisa of yesterday that that's what I would say do not marry a non-musician next person I marry is, has got to be a musician. <laughs> if I ever get married again, who knows? I don't, you know, if I can support myself, I, you know, I, I don't know why I would need to get married. I don't know. Maybe there's some, some legal reasons that would, it would make sense to be married to a person, but I don't know. I'd have to be, I'd have to be convinced <laughs> more later. <laughs>